What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's, that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muxbound. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Muck Spout. Howdy. We got uh, Ben is with me today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been a while since we've been on here together. So. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And, yeah uh, I've been a bit of a ghost lately. <laughs> and today we got Julian over here from the band Avem. And uh, it's Toronto-based-ish band. Um, yeah. And they... Their songs are focused on birds from the perspective of birds, about birds, and uh, I'll let you describe your band, Julian. Sure. So, yeah, we sing songs about birds or uh, actually about human experiences as told through the perceptive perception or like the, um, the life of birds. Yes. That's some real deep shit, man. Like for for a punk band to be like, what what would a human experience be like from the perspective of a flying creature, and just write two minute punk songs? Yeah, <laughs> specifically that. That's amazing. You know what I love about it is, um, like, so last year I got into the band Fuck Yeah Dinosaurs, and uh, it's a similar thing. They're tell they're basically the same sort of thing, only from dinosaurs. Which I guess you guys have evolved from dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are birds, so that's <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, and it's when I think about that, uh, it's, it's like the word parody comes to mind, but it's not parody at all. And like the the songs are very smart and very deep sometimes, and just clever as hell. Like, it's I don't really have a question there, I guess. But <laughs> what was my take on it? I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> so was was there a particular bird in mind that like kind of inspired you to start this thing or uh, like it not... seems like it would have to either be something that comes up when you're on psychedelics or there's a plan um kind of neither of the two to be okay. honest um so how many years ago five or six let's say five years ago just for story's sake maybe it's six maybe it's seven um my uh our current guitar player ernie uh and i got together with uh, an old drummer that we played music with back in high school and we were like fuck it let's jam some music and see what happens play some of the old covers we used to play just like have fun smoke some weed drink some beer play music have fun right. it's been forever and okay. we got through a couple of songs and then we were like well maybe we can write a song so we wrote a song pretty quickly and they're like okay jules you sing so you sing and i was like okay well what should the lyrics be about and um 
we went out for a joint and Ernie and I were talking and there was this bird singing in the tree and I was like, yo, dude, why don't we sing about birds? And he was like, fucking, I love that. Because he and I have always been into birds since we were a kid. And that spawned our, the first song we ever wrote, Blue Jay. And we wrote another song and our drummer and I really wanted it to be a little bit deeper than just like Blue Jay. Like our song Blue Jay is just a goofy, silly song about yeah. birds, right? Um, it's it's a first song, right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, yeah, exactly. it's got a hook, it's got a bridge. Mm-hmm. We did it. Let's move on. We did it yeah. next. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the next song we wrote, um, we wanted to kind of write about... Uh, I mean, I guess the mantra of the song is just because you came from a rotten egg doesn't mean you have to be a shitty bird. <laughs> the song's called Rotten Egg, and it it's just about, like, just because you had a rough upbringing or you've got things that weighed you down in the past, like, your past doesn't define you. Who you are is what you decide, not what the past has decided for you. That's right. You're um, not an egg anymore. Yeah, I mean, you're not just, like, so my, my chorus, it doesn't matter if you're... Uh, Fabergé, Cadbury, or in decay, right? Like it doesn't matter what you come <laughs> from; beautiful. it only matters who you are. So yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's amazing. That's how it's you know, And we've just something rolled. I love about music in general is just like how certain limitations can kind of like almost open doors you never saw before. I learned this the like when I first started playing drums. There's this guy I jammed with, and he was like, he knew all these fascinating musicians he went on warp tour as like a like a manager like a touring manager mm-hmm. so we knew all these cool people and we got to jam once or twice and uh first time i came in the jam space with the guy he was like okay we're gonna try something different and he like took two of the drums off of my kit and he was like okay we're gonna play like this and i was like okay and he was like sometimes you got to take some things away to see what you can do and i was like huh all right let's give it a try and i fucked around and it opened up like unlocked doors that i didn't know were there cool and uh, made me far more versatile as a musician so like do you find that that's what happens now that you've chosen like it's birds so it's like now we have this river that we're going through and now you can kind of like look at the scenery a little more clearly yeah yeah i mean now it's always more so now it's like any anything i really think of i'm like how can i how can how do birds fit into this how do like and whether it's something as simple as like you're going on you you're on a trip and you miss your family or you miss a loved one or something like that ties right into migration a lot you can right. sing a million songs about migration about coming back home you know or leaving someone behind and going back to see them right, right. or like yeah. struggling to put food in your fridge right like mm-hmm. Birds struggle every day just to get enough food to eat to survive. I love the, the one song he sings. You sing about the he has the stick and he's trying to get to the get the food. And you, yeah, and you put the rock in there and so like. <laughs> yeah, so so it's no that's that was a struggle. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because I I originally wrote that song and I wanted to write about the New Caledonia crow because they're an incredible species of bird that not only do they uh, create their own tools based out of uh, like out of sticks or the veins of leaves, but they also they've been known to modify 
existing tools. So one bird will come across a tool that another one's made and they're like, you know what? I could fucking make that better. So they modify it and it works better. And then they pass that knowledge throughout their community of crows. And then they'll start making that tool specifically instead of the old one. So they yeah, show like people with wings. Yeah, they show like an evolution in tool building to get food. And yeah. there's a couple of YouTube videos of the New Caledonia crow solving puzzles to get food, like learning water displacement, for example, which is fucked. Yeah. And there's like a 12 or 13 step puzzle or something that they had to do with a bunch of different rocks and twigs just so they can get this one piece of food. And so I wanted to write about how cool this bird was. And then I started thinking about it a bit more. And I mean, as cool as it is that these birds are treated very nicely in captivity and they're doing all these experiments and learning so much, I tried to think about it from the crow's perspective. And I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, he's getting taken care of, but he's just getting a little bit of food, right? All he's doing is running the rat race, right? Yeah. Like there's these overlords that own most of his life, just like all of our fucking employers. Right. And all we do is do what they say to get the right. littlest amount of satisfaction. And then we're yeah. tired by the end of the day. So we can't do what we love. And then it's back to the rat race. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's extend the metaphor a little further. You get the food. You're like, finally, I did the thing. And then the manager looks at you and they go, yeah, that was okay. But that guy's doing a little better. Uh, I don't know if we're going to need you tomorrow. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. <laughs> that's how the bird feels, too. It's like, is this my last run? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Damn, man. Yeah, Deep ass shit with some crows. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we try to go super deep. It's it's interesting, and it's interesting the response we get, like, even at our shows live, because we try to go super, super deep, but talking and singing about birds keeps it light. You know, like, yep. you can touch on some heavy subject matter, you can touch on some real shit, but people are still smiling, and, like, yeah. they're interested in talking to you about it. It's like you've broken down that first barrier of, like, yeah, discomfort sure. almost. Because it's so yeah. easy, because it's like, oh, well, wait a sec, birds can relate to this thing that's become, or has been such a big part of my life? Yeah, but it's also like, it's the upbeat, major chord, you know, punky yeah. kind of shit, too, that like really helps kind of, um, it's like the perfect delivery system. Yeah, you know? it is. Do you think that there's something to do with like, the positivity of punk music, and the way that you can kind of deliver intense messages through this thing without people actually going oh, oh god you know you like know, I, talk about mortality or you know like the fact that we're on this treadmill yeah i think i think so i think uh i think that's a good point actually because you can talk about this heavy duty stuff and like even if they're super connected to say a cardinal and the song is about a cardinal that gets uh it's just eating it. It gets attacked by a cat and gets ripped into a thousand pieces. And it's like guts are hanging off of the fence, you know, something gruesome. People yeah. could be really upset about that. But then they look outside and they see another cardinal and they're like, oh, wait a sec. So that was just the one. There's still a lot out there. And maybe there's something right. to be learned from this. Right? Yeah. Like it's not so, it's finite for the specific bird when we're talking deep, dark shit. But unless we're talking about the extinction of a species, which we haven't gotten to yet, but it's coming. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, there's hope. That's still. album three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, the positivity of punk rock and of, like, like you said, major chords, upbeat, high energy mm -hmm. stuff, it, um, 
that reflects when you like see the bird that we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So yeah, it does kind of dance a little bit. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Eric. You're gonna be dipping into the dodo territory eventually. Is that? Oh, we we've got island? ideas. <laughs> oh yeah, oh for sure. That's a famous bird. So, what's the recording process like? Like, how long have you guys been together, and and uh, how did you? Are like you guys are signed to a label, yes? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. we've been on Mom's Basement Records, uh, based out of. Oh fuck! John's gonna kill me. <laughs> I don't know the states. All the states are the same. Terrifying, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. They're There's all terrifying. Some than others, but yeah. Um, I think he's out of Ohio. I'm gonna say Ohio. And John, if you're listening, hey. But uh, <laughs> around Ohio, if not Ohio, try desperately. Oh, Pennsylvania. He's in Pennsylvania. That's uh, it. Pennsylvania. He's in Pennsylvania. Right. Safe. Which anyway. Even we're near Ohio. I don't even know. Yes, I think so. <laughs> it's uh, I think it's either north, southeast, or west of Ohio. <laughs> it's, it's east of Ohio. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah, we've been on Mom's Basement since 2020, I want to say. Um, cool. Yeah, we've, uh, we've gone through multiple uh, member changes in our band. Uh, Ernie and I have been the two who have been here from the start. Um, we had a, our first drummer move to Alberta. That made it really challenging. Um, Do you find it's a challenge to find dedicated musicians to kind of like stick with a project? Um, yes and no. Uh, so we we had a guitar player that played with us, a second guitar player that played with us right until uh, COVID hit, and mm -hmm. he was one of the musicians that was like, you know what, fuck playing music, I'm out. I'm going to go be yeah. a car mechanic. And now he's honestly, he's infinitely happier. I wish him all the best. I see him quite oh, regularly and it's fucking sick for him because music and he had not a super healthy relationship. Um, we played like, I want to say seven to 10 shows between then. And when we got our new guitar player, maybe six months ago and we had to find fill-ins each time. And it was honestly, it was not that hard to find stand-in. We only used two. Shout out to Brad from the band School Damage. Fuck yeah. And uh, Valerie from the band Anti-Queens. Fuck yeah. Thank I know the Anti-Queens. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, they are. They're great. Very cool. Valerie's a big-time birder, and uh, <laughs> she played a bunch of shows with us, and it was super fucking rad. Uh, nice. We loved every second of it. Yeah, she's actually she's in our video for our band title track, Avum. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, in terms of recording process, so we just released a new EP back in April, and yeah, nerding about burden. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I live here in Port Hope. My drummer lives about thirty-five minutes further east, just south of Trenton, just okay. just at the the edge of Prince Edward County. Um, mm -hmm. Our other guitar player Joey lives in London. And Ernie lives uh, pretty close in uh, Timmins, Ontario. Oh, damn. So, like, so, everybody's spread out. Yeah. For people who don't know Ontario, everybody's spread out between, like, three and six hours. Timmins is eight yeah. hours north of here. Right. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. So, we don't really get a chance to get together a lot and, like, really hammer out 
over a long period of time practicing and then hitting the record studio and doing that kind of shit. So mm. we spent two days hammering out these songs really hard. Um, after we practiced, we went to my drummer's house. I brought the laptop that I'm speaking to you on right now, plugged in my uh, interface, actually plugged in his interface, plugged in his electronic drum kit, and we tracked all four songs on electronic drums by MIDI. Okay. And then the next day after band practice, um, Ernie did all of his guitar tracks using, uh, again, my laptop, my interface, and uh, we have a Kemper profiler that we use that we've taken our our amps that we use, like a JCM 800 Very and cool. a JCM 900. So we did that. So, and then yeah. uh, Joey did as many as he could. And then we went to the studio for one day for eight hours and we did all the vocals wow. and okay. lead guitar for the EP. And that was how we did it. It highly don't recommend it. <laughs> it's not nearly as fun as going to the studio. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that I wish we could have done, but logistics is a nightmare when you mm -hmm. all work jobs, you know? Yeah. Yep. And a couple of us work on the weekend. I'm not one of those, but a couple of us do. So right. you can't even just say, all right, dudes, we'll just fucking go hard. And Friday at five, jump in your cars, come on down to a central space and let's just work until Sunday night. It's yeah. harder than that. So yeah, for sure. Sure. And music isn't something you can really collaborate through the internet, huh? I mean, I really thought too much about that, but we we've done that a lot. We do that a lot with like songwriting ideas and like uh -huh. getting the like demos together kind of thing. But if you want it to be a certain quality, and I'm a, I'm kind of a stickler for that. I'm almost my own worst enemy for that. Like, you need to do it a specific way, and like, it needs to be the same. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. You're not putting a Shure SM57 mic in front of a Fender Mustang amp and sending that and being like, here's my guitars, because this is all the gear that I have. Right. Right. I'm sure people do, and fucking, fuck yeah, I'm glad that you aren't an asshole like me and demand. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, cost money but it's homie that's exactly how i feel about when i record my drums it's like i'm just like you know i'm a pretty easygoing dude but recording with me is a fucking nightmare yeah <laughs> like, did you did you cringe so slightly when i said that i we used midi electronic drums uh i wouldn't say cringe but uh i did notice in the recording i was like that's that doesn't sound like a real drum kit and that's just me being yep. me and knowing right but like i i don't I, I make a point of not judging other people's work i judge myself very very yeah yeah. So like, yeah 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 so fun fact the engineer that we use he actually took samples off of our drummer's kit at a previous session mm, very so cool. that is his kit and those are yeah. all his hits right but not not at the there same a, time right there is a like a you know what i mean though. yeah like, oh yeah every yeah. hit doesn't I hear sound it the same on a real kit. Yeah, it's just I, I hear it. Just all. little nuances. It it maybe but, if we played a bit slower, it would be less obvious. But those really probably fast true. rolls. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Hey man, I I it's not a judgment. Right? I dig it. I dig I it. Shit. Do you find the uh, like we talked a little bit about the difficulties? What are the benefits of doing it yourself? Uh, money. <laughs> yeah. Money and time. <laughs> 
uh, studio <laughs> yeah, time. Got about ten thousand reasons. Yeah, yeah, money. Like. Yeah, exactly. Money and studio time. Like studio time's astronomically expensive, um, yeah. especially if you're doing an entire record. Mm. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Putting aside the time to rehearse it all together is incredibly mm -hmm. challenging. And if you're all going into the studio, and even if you're just doing like we, so for our first record, uh, Three Birds Stoned, we did bed tracks. Um, so we had drums, guitar, and bass all recorded together in isolation yeah. rooms. And then we just went right. in and listened through and redid shit that we didn't like. But uh, I mean, that was expensive. It was like three days in the studio to get our yeah. 14 songs or whatever the fuck it was we did there. Um, it's It's kind of, and I mean, I'm sure everyone who's ever been in a band has felt this way at some point, but it's it's nice to not be together 24-7. You know what I mean? Like working yeah. on the songs, sometimes it's nice to have a breather. And I don't even really say that for mm -hmm. myself because I love all my dudes and I love spending every waking second with them, but I'm sure I fucking annoy the shit out of them. And they fucking hate <laughs> yeah. me sometimes because yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be super chill, but I'm also excruciatingly intense when it gets to that fucking oh, yeah, stuff. No. Like, I'm a drill sergeant. Uh, they call me names all the time, and I'm like, that's fine. But fucking, that, that wasn't the best you could do, so do it again. And I'm being polite about that right now because I'm on video. I would say <laughs> meaner things, probably. But, yeah. And, like, I also get incredibly animated sometimes and like hyper positive to you know boost people up and if you've struggled for seven hours and then you're done and your buddy's like yeah good job man tousling your hair and like do you want to go do you want to go get a drink like let here have a beer let's go do this blah 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 it's like shut the fuck up man get the fuck <laughs> out of my face go away so i'm sure they're happy that i'm not always in their face yeah fair enough. i love that i love that for them yeah yeah i know i'm a lot too um <laughs> yeah you you feel you me then. Yeah. What's that? you feel me then i definitely do yeah. i definitely do and i've been in bands where it's like we're better when we don't practice a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean cool like it's it's a little more organic yeah um and also uh you know i have my best friend uh all through high school we ended up playing music together for years and years and uh he plays bass and i'm a drummer so like we're a rhythm section so mm -hmm. like there's like a telepathy between us yeah to a certain point but i also kind of know what he's gonna do he kind of knows what i'm gonna do and so you do it enough times and it stops being magical you need to kind of like take a step back and then come back to it fresh yeah you know? yeah yeah how long have you been doing this like making music uh, making music, if you count when I started taking piano lessons since I was four. And okay, then, like, can we, like, like, maybe just getting on stage and, like... Getting on stage? So, yeah. uh, I played in a couple, I, like, sang in a couple high school bands. And then mm -hmm. when I was 18, I joined, so I'm, I'm a trombone player, primarily. That's my main nice. instrument. I went to university for trombone. Uh, when Very I was good. 18... So when I was 16, I turned on the edge and they were like, hey, we've got a sneak peek, three new songs from the brand new record from this band, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And I was I knew like, you were going to say the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. <laughs> and I hear this. It was pay, pay Attention was the record. And I was like, yeah. holy fuck. 
what is this? This is because yeah. I had discovered Rancid two or three years prior, which kind of got me into mm-hmm. punk rock. Thank you, South Park Chef Aid record. That's what got me into punk rock. Yeah. Brian Logan from that record. So I, uh, when I was 18, I joined the ska band and started playing trombone with them. And we started playing bigger and bigger shows. We signed to Stomp Records in Canada. We Amazing. started touring Canada, North America, Europe. Did it for 10 years. Never had a job. Just lived in a van yeah. and lived in a cheap apartment and played fucking party music. Yeah. Yeah. Is and, it as fun to do that as it is to hear it? Uh, like, yes. Cafe, yeah, I mean, yes. Yes. And we weren't... Um, so my, my old band was called The Johnstones. Um, we were kind of, we were kind of like, as we started with getting more and more records, we were, we were still a ska band because of our instrumentation and we had upstrokes, but it wasn't like, let's go to the fridge and go get some mozzarella sticks kind of ska music, you know, it was like, which, which no shade. I fucking love that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I want some mozzarella sticks right now. Yeah. Me too. Uh, but we were like, we were just party music. Like, let's go have a good time. Go have a good time. Get drunk. Have consensual sex. Fuck yeah. I'm like almost positive I saw you guys at some point. We played a lot in the yeah. in the 2000s and the early 2010s. I saw like, I saw um, more than a handful of killer ska bands with wicked horn sections throughout the the late 90s, early 2000s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we would always wear costumes, and we had choreographed dance routines. That was our <laughs> yeah. big jam, and a lot of headbanging. I had like seven nice. years of chiropractor work after I stopped playing there because of my neck. Oh man, Jesus! Legitimate. Yeah. Weed prescription before it was legal recreationally because of long-term injury to my neck. Right. Rock and roll got me weed before yeah. the rest of the world did. <laughs> uh, so could you speak to like the the way that making music has changed? Like easier, more difficult? In what ways? You know what I mean? Because it's like such a different landscape than it was back in the day. I've seen it change just since I started in 2010. It's like a massive difference. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to practice as much because you That's can true. just record it on your phone or someone can make a shitty recording on their computer because it's really easy to record on your computer now yeah, versus true. the early 2000s. And you can just practice at home and then you're good. Um, sharing songs is a lot easier. Sharing ideas is a lot easier. Um, technology has moved crazily for that. It's Yeah, sharing your music to other people is like infinitely yeah. easier now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. like I use this headset and my cell phone, which is being blocked by the thing. That is how I yeah. make almost all of my demos because I just get right. an acoustic guitar. I put my headset down. I play my acoustic guitar. I use this app called Band Lab, which is like a multi-track recording, mixing, mastering, full thing on your phone. <laughs> and then I put this on and then I whisper sing my melody or whisper sing my words because I do it late at night when my son's asleep, when everyone's asleep. Right. So like I can have like like I have four part harmonies as well as a melody with guitar in the background. And then yeah. 
when there's when there's a guitar solo or something, I just say, this is the guitar solo. <laughs> and then the rhythm just plays, right? I could have right. done that 20 years ago, 15 no. years ago. There's no way. You get really shitty quality recordings from band practice, and you practice a lot. That's true. Because that's the only way you can. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a good point. Like, every time... like my band we're starting to write new shit right now and it's like we get something locked down we have a solid like four minutes of whatever the fuck we're doing we can we can flesh it out into something you know but we got we got the skeleton of a song mm -hmm. and uh and you know my the main guy in the band will just be like okay and he'll grab his phone and set it up so that we're all in it just okay do it again and then we do it and then that's it and then we're talking about it for a week while we're not at practice yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally different universe. That could not happen way back then. So yeah, very true. It's super cool, really. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. What about um, like access to an audience, touring, making an album? So, do you find that easier, harder, kind of the same, more complicated? I come from a really skewed perspective because my ska band got pretty big pretty fast. Like we did really, really well. And a lot of it, I mean, I, I will not say that any of it was easy, but like sure. there was a massive ska scene in Toronto, in Canada, yeah. well, in the early 2000s and mid 2000s, right? Like yeah. all we had to say is that we were playing and there would be 200 to 400 kids there right. when we fucking really sucked still. Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I find that for whatever reason, I have a lot of sneaking suspicions, but I, uh, I don't know for certain. But punk music, like a lot of people, stop listening to it. Kids don't hmm. listen to it as much anymore. There's like something happened, and I don't like. I don't know. I don't know if it was like the swoopy hair hardcore scene. Or like, just, you know, like just the way, um, just the way like things shift and people change. Do you change. think it might be that, do you think it might be that it, it fragmented? Because that's, that's what I see is like, there's these huge movements in music where you, like you see in the 60s, that was kind of like the development of what we consider rock and roll. You know, before that there was rock and roll, there was Elvis, all that kind of stuff. But it was the 60s where it became kind of free form and like, less rules bound mm -hmm. uh caught up in the counterculture right and then in the 70s it became this sort of harder edged thing and then the 80s uh it fragments and then punk and metal come in yeah right and then they kind of ascend and then they fragment into a thousand pieces and they fuck off somewhere and hip-hop is kind of doing the same thing now where i see it starting to like you know the singularity is about to explode kind of thing yeah and something new is going to have to emerge. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it's like just, that's just I mean, kind of, it moves in waves and that's it? Th that could be it, but yeah. it's a lot harder to get audiences out. Uh, there are barely any all ages venues in Ontario. Yeah. Kids aren't allowed yeah. to go to see punk rock shows. They're not allowed to play punk rock shows because it's all at fucking bars or venues that are 19 plus. Yeah. So, Can I also say though that like, when we were kids, I, how old are you? Sorry, I'm 30. I'll be 38 this year. Yeah, I'm 39, going 40. Yeah. So when I was a kid, 
uh, I was in a small town, Jackson's Point. So in Lake Simcoe, it's, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, but, uh, you know, kind of repressed and cops didn't like, you know, those young hoodlums causing trouble. Yeah. And we didn't give a fuck. We were doing it anyway. And like, you can chase us if you want to put us in the, in the clink. Like Mm -hmm. we're not taking it easy. And like, I don't know where that went. That seems to be the thing that's, that's been lost in some way is like this desire to disobey. Yeah. yeah. Harder to get away with it though. Like that's true. Balance and all. It was a lot easier before true. these things. Cell yeah. phones. Yeah. A that's lot easier before true. cell phones. Cause you could just go and do shit and no one, yeah. you, you weren't immediately accountable. Whereas right. now at, at any point a kid could be fucking around and then their mom texts them. It's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Now my like way to kill my buzz, mom. Like, <laughs> fuck. But yeah, I mean, places don't want to rent to kids anymore to throw on shows. Yeah, uh, and there's just no bands. I tried to throw a show here, and I asked. I've got a couple of friends who have kids in high school, and I asked every single one, "Hey, are there any bands in the three high schools in this area?" And they said, "There's one." classic rock cover band that does like pink floyd and zeppelin and they don't play shows and that's it (laughs) and i was and i was like so who's your favorite band then what do you like listening to and they're like oh i really like this playlist on spotify like okay cool like can you like what kind of artists are on it and they're like oh i don't know i don't know the names of artists and like that Hmm. that sent me into a week long of upset because <laughs> kids don't even care about who's it's making hard to, music anymore. Hard to find music though, like if you're not looking for it. Like I, I used to hear new music on the radio. I don't listen to the radio ever yeah. anymore. So like I hear new music on TikTok or Fortnite. Like, and that's where the kids are listening to this stuff. I think that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. The artist and the art have been separated in a really unhealthy way. That's true, and that goes across the board. I would say. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. 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 Because we talk it's a so lot funny when they... about we talk a lot on here about how it's there's so much new music all the time. Oh, shit. It's not hard to find new music if you're looking for it. Where'd you go? <laughs> all the birds. They're taking you. <laughs> yeah, really Hitchcock really quick, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Had to get that light. It was getting dark in here. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. It's, Sorry, uh... you were saying, Eric. Sorry, before the <laughs> birds started devouring. Um but yeah, like it's so like we we like we talk a lot about how you know pe- it's easy to find new music if you're looking for it. But if you're just out in the world, you're not hearing new music like you used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And and also like when you do hear it, it's now I don't know. It feels like music has lost its like human element to it for a lot of the the newer generations. And what I mean by that is like they've never ex- like the first time I experienced music was my mom playing guitar. Yeah. And like being Same in church right and now. hearing people sing, you know what I mean? And now it feels like when you're growing up, music is just everywhere, but no one's ever telling you who made it or where it came from. So yeah. it's almost like the air. You just don't even notice it. Yeah. I, you know, what? I, so I was at C2E2 about a month ago, uh, Chicago comic and entertainment expo. And um, I made a point to bring my son to meet the guy that created the bone comics because I wanted him to see that like, there's people behind this, you know, like, right. That, that yeah. was important to me as a comic creator. Yeah. Well, that's what inspired me to be a musician in the first place was like, I went to my first live show as a teenager. 
it was this small kind of punkish metal band called scratching post from here and uh lead singer was uh, uh a smoking hot girl that i had a massive crush on who like dyed her hair bright red I thought she that'll was get so your hot. attention on a teenager yeah and uh and she could sing too and she had wicked style and i met her at the show and we had this great conversation and while we were talking i was like 17 16 or 17 she's way out of my league age-wise and everything but like i was just like I, i'm having a conversation with this person and then in my head i'm like oh my god it's her oh my god it's her and then at one point she's like yeah you know i was like so what happened with the with the next album i thought you were gonna put out an album and they were like yeah she's like ah, i got into debt and i had a car payment that i couldn't make and you know <laughs> spent a lot of money on a bunch of bullshit and it wasn't wasn't a good idea and uh and all of a sudden she's just like she's a person <laughs> oh, people do this. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I could do this. And then, you know, the gears started turning. I wonder if that's an issue for kids now because they don't like actually see the people making it. It's mm. just they don't ever think that it's a Fortnite. thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's no live shows for them to go and see because they can't unless it's like 300 bucks to go see whoever the fuck at the stadium. Right. Yeah. Right. There's like ten dollar all ages punk shows don't exist. Yeah. Five bucks with a canned food donation to the food bank, you don't see it. Yeah, I remember when they passed the bylaw that that made it in Toronto to disallow uh, underage shows, it's and fun, like uh, people were making a stink, and it was like, ah, shut up, who cares? Yeah, it'll be it quieter at anything. night. Yeah. No, it's. I think that's a bit to me that's a big part of it. Kids yeah. it it they can't get into it while they're young because they don't they're not able to be exposed to it. So yeah, it's very less true. audiences, less listeners, less people that care. Because yeah, I would argue that the most passionate group of people, uh, as much as boomers want to say they are, and maybe they are on Facebook, they're the most passionate because they're the loudest, but the passion most passionate group of people is like 12 to like early 20s yep you know yeah. they give the As most fucks be. about everything yes uh, right yeah because they haven't been beaten down yet right yep yeah there's this uh 14 year old kid that um i have i have weekly hour-long zoom sessions with so. um yeah uh you know friend of mine uh you know kind of introduced me to the family and he was looking for some support so i figured i'd help him out i just wanted to see if i could help you know what i mean yeah because uh you know he was uh having he was running afoul of the system let's say and uh and my friend met uh met him and was like you need to meet my friend ben because <laughs> yeah. like she was like he's just like you when you were when you were that age um and uh yeah there's there's like a disconnection from like the machinery of life to a certain mm -hmm. degree like they're not allowed to go out they're not allowed to do anything everything's like could be dangerous or yeah you, know, you don't know those people or you know you can't say that you can't think that it's really really concerning yeah you know especially for the music scene because how are we supposed to make music if there's no people being inspired to create that's it that's yeah. it and how are they supposed to like develop their skills that's right. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not starting yeah. well, it's a lot harder to learn something in your mid-20s than it is in your mid-teens. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, 
Yeah, that's very right. true. And like, you know, if they don't learn, they don't learn something creative in their early years, then their fascination with birds in their adult life won't lead to an amazing pop band. Like, yeah. You have to have the creative element to express the cool shit that you want to express. That's On the it. flip side, those people are able to retire when they get older. But <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, I would be surprised if people my age will get to actually retire. I think all of the retirement money is going to be used up and canceled by the time in 35 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, our entire generation's canceled. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We were canceled in 2008 when they were like, eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. The moment they were like, <laughs> yeah. it'll be fine, it was like, well, that's I'm it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well just make punk rock. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So what is it that, that got you kind of returning to this on guitar? Like, you know, what inspired you? We've been talking about the dark side of it, but like there's something that gets you back on stage. Um, so when I was a kid, I always wanted to play bass. And everyone I knew was a way better bass player than me. So I never played bass. And mm. then they were like, hey, why don't you come play? Uh, we were thinking of reaching out to the bass player, and I was like, no, fuck him, I'm playing bass. Fuck you all. <laughs> and that's actually how I started playing bass in this band. Oh, and cool. I mean, I always would pick it up when I was like with my other band. And I mean, if anyone yeah. out there is, is plays guitar and has never played bass before, uh, getting to the point where you can follow along is really fucking easy. Mm. No mm. shade at bass players. Being really good at bass, really fucking hard. But like, if you're playing like three chord rock and roll or three chord punk, you're gonna have a really good time really fast if you can play guitar. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, drums is one of those instruments that it's like the opposite of that. It's like Mm -hmm. the easiest instrument to play like shit, and you have to be like half decent for people not to look at you sideways when you're playing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always looked at bass as like my fallback. And oh, yeah. not, again, I like bass no players, they're, they're my bros. Yep. Without them, I ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like hard to master, but easy to learn. For easy sure. to learn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you only, you mostly have to worry about one string unless you decide to go yeah. otherwise. So that's nice. But yeah, that was what find- kind of got me into it. Do you find your trombone experience helps you with your bass or they just um so only in the sense that I was also kind of playing low end stuff mm-hmm. and like trombone is a low end instrument like I play orchestrally as well like I'm classically trained musician right. so so I understand what bass needs to do and like when it can jump off of the root note and that kind of stuff so it does help yeah. me a little bit um I find that my trombone playing helps me with singing a lot more because oh, cool. because trombones don't have buttons, right? So you have to have a really, really good ear in order to play That's in true. tune. So like listening to stuff and like trying to match pitches when I'm singing, I have a bit easier of a time when I can hear myself hmm. because of my trombone playing and because I've spent That's 25, true. 30, 30 years, 30 years playing trombone. Yeah, yeah, you have to kind of have good pitch yeah. even to get that far, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, 
like if you don't have good pitch, just like year two, someone's like, I'll take that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, thank you. Right. Yeah. Here's the trumpet. Yeah. Here's something with buttons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I have a question for you, a bird-related question. Sure. So as you know, I'm Canadian. Eric's uh, American. Uh-huh. So I wanted to ask you, uh, battle between a Canada goose and an American eagle, who wins and why is it the Canada goose? Oh, the definitely the Canada goose. The Canada <laughs> goose is going to win over a bald eagle, in my opinion. Um, now, here's, here's a question, though, because an, a bald eagle... How hungry are they? How hungry is the bald eagle versus the Canada goose? Well, here's the problem. I think it matters for the eagle. I don't think it matters for the goose. That, that's I I agree with you. Um, yeah. I would also say that with the goose, it does matter what time of year it is. That's okay. the only trade-off. Um, that's fair. I would say that if the bald eagle were hungry and starving, it would absolutely destroy the Canada goose. No question. Yeah, probably uh, because right. birds of prey and scavengers like the bald eagle are they're when they're ferocious. hunting and they're hungry, they're ferocious and they fuck shit up. If it was full yeah. and kind of chill, like probably the goose would give it a good run for its money. Although, yeah, all it would take is for the goose to miss and the bald eagle to grab something with like scratch it with its talons, and it could be in big trouble. Um, I don't but. Know, man. I would say that geese hunt more things than bald eagles because bald eagles are opportunists. That's true. I mean, it when you get out of like, when you get a little bit further north, in in Canada too, in Canada, yeah. If you get a little bit further north, if you want to see a million bald eagles, just go to the dump. Right. Because they just hang out at the dump and they just eat garbage and Free eat food. wasted food. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. 100% opportunists. Yeah. Uh, they don't really. Kennedy geese also, much. though. Right. Yeah, but they they like they they like and need the water, so they don't hang out by the dump. That's true. That's true. They do need clean water. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to yeah. be a little more uh, observant of their surroundings, perhaps. Yeah. 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 But uh, so I think it depends on many different factors. Which one would win? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it is an unanswerable question. I see. I thought it would. I thought it would be an easy one. This is my mistake. So that's the fun thing about brought birds. You on, that's the fun thing about birds. Yeah. The only right. time I ever heard about a Canadian geese was when the, they took down that plane. And uh, uh, was it the Scott Sully Captain Sully thing? Was oh yeah, it was Canadian yeah. geese, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the most. That's the most polite a Canada goose has ever been. <laughs> was taking that plane down. Yeah. Also, not being yeah. very aware of its surroundings, I guess, because they got sucked through an engine. But they're they're monsters. They're oh yeah, yeah, they're vicious. In in modern times, it's uh, it's interesting. I got to see uh, the the mating ritual of Canada geese this year on a hike oh, in North Bay, and it's arguably just as violent as uh, it is when humans come close to them. <laughs> wow. Holy shit! <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It was uh, it was eye opening and hilarious. So, do we have a song about Canada goose mating uh, rituals coming to us in the near future? I mean, maybe I could write a BDSM song about it. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe I can relate it to that. Right, totally, yeah. You know? Like, yeah, uh, it's okay nip, to be kinky, something yeah, like that. Yeah, nip me, baby, one more time or something like that, <laughs> you know? But now you're falling of... into the parody territory. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So when, when, when did you get into birds? Uh... You said it went way back. Way back. Probably when I was six, I lived on a farm and we had a shitload of birds coming to our feeder every year. And then one year I saw, probably I was maybe seven or eight, I saw this little bird about the size of a chickadee. Oh, fireworks. Happy May 2-4. Happy May 2-4. Um yeah, so I saw this bird maybe the size of a chickadee, except it had like a red and orange belly, but then it had a blue and purple head with a yellow and green wings. Like it looked like a parrot, colors, right. but it was a songbird. It didn't look like a bird that had escaped from someone's cage, and it had a female with it that was like a light, like a like a light green kind of color, and. I ran and grabbed my dad and said, Dad, what's that? What the heck is that? And he's like, oh, man, that is a painted bunting. So we had a pair of painted buntings that stayed at our feeder, and they came back for two or three years. And all summer, all fall, I would see these birds. And it just, it just astounded me, and it got me so interested in learning about birds and knowing about all these birds because... How on earth could something like that live in North America? You know, like I, as a kid, yeah. I thought, oh, those are rainforest birds, like the birds behind me, right? Like right. those are rainforest right. birds or Australia birds. But no, this bird, I mean, painted bunting, it was a, probably 600 kilometers to north. It would have been classified as a vagrant bird, meaning it flew the wrong way and got lost and stuck around. Um, but still, they live in the mid, mid United States, mid Southern United States. That's right. crazy. Yeah. And it just opened up a whole world. The more I learned about all these birds, like we'd have turkey vultures hanging out on the fence and God, they're ugly and amazing. They're like the ugliest creatures I've ever seen. The only things that I've ever seen that are uglier are the shit in like the deep, deep sea. Uh, that yeah. like never light never touches them. So like that's why they look that ugly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Turkey vultures. I'm just like, how did nature decide that that was okay? Yeah. Yeah. One uh, one summer, my dad brought home a red-tailed mm -hmm. hawk that he had found in the woods that had a broken wing, and. Uh, my dad is a biologist and an engineer, and he used to work for the conservation authority and always was a big bird guy. So he called his buddy who came over and helped him splint the bird's wing. Um, yeah. Environment Canada, don't listen because you're not supposed to and you're not allowed to keep birds of prey. You bring them to uh, rehabilitation centers. You don't do it yourself. Don't ever do it yourself. No. But well, we that's, not, that's not what you did, though. That's not what you did, though, because, like, you gave it back. But hypothetically... That's if... Right, right. So hypothetically <laughs> speaking, like, its wing got splint and it right. got kept in a very large cage, hypothetically, that we hypothetically. may or may not have had. Uh, and we nurtured it back to health and in three months, hypothetically let it go and it just <laughs> right. flew away. And... and it allegedly lived on yeah. safely. Yeah. Despite the violation of the law. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, we might have allegedly uh, found a Blue Jay chick. My brother may have found one when I was a bit older, maybe 14, 15, when he was biking and brought it home. And we raised it for a winter and a spring and then let it go in the summer. And it flew right away. And Are they a uh, provincial bird? So you're not supposed to keep them too? Is that the They're a migratory bird and you're not supposed to keep migratory birds. So yeah. it, it, we allegedly did this. Yeah, um, right. yeah allegedly. It, it was an, if you ever get the chance to interact with a blue jay that isn't terrified of you, highly recommend you do it because blue jays are super fucking smart, super fucking cool. Wow. They always seem smart. Yeah. Yeah. They're brilliant. Very strong too. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play tug of war with a, with a penny. With oh, it. wow. And I would just hold the penny and it would come right at it and it would try and bite it like this. And then it would be like, oh, okay, fine. So then it would bite upside down, couldn't get it. And then it would bite upside down and try and twist it from my hand. Oh, wow. And then oh, I would wow. usually let it go because yeah. it's like, oh, okay, right. cool. You're trying all these things. Like you deserve to win this one. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. it would fly with it to the top of uh, not a, not a TV cabinet, not that a tree. And then it would right. caw. And then I would climb up the not TV cabinet, the tree, and then get the penny. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. But we would let it. <laughs> any bird that ever was rehabilitated uh, in the 90s and early 2000s before the internet made it easy to find rehabilitation centers, mm. we'd release because that's what you do. Yeah. But now. Sure. In my late 20s and in my 30s, whenever I'd find an injured bird, I know where rehabilitation centers are now. I know who to call. So I just call Ghostbusters and I say, hey, I got this. Do you have space? And they say, fuck yeah, we do. And I bring them the bird and try and give them 50 bucks if I can just to like help out and pay for the shit that they're paying for. Yeah, You, you seem like you have a, a good heart. When it comes to the the winged friends. I love the birds. I love. You, I, there's some a, I hate. Like like what? Oh, like the fucking starling. I hate starlings. You're shitty Why? birds. Uh, so European starlings. That's a pretty name. You would think that they're yeah, nice. they're 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 really pretty birds too. They're they're black and very speckled, and in the right yeah. in the light, they're very like iridescent and they shine a bunch of colors they're incredibly uh incredible mimicking birds they're hyper intelligent they're fucking cool but i would love to only ever see them in europe where they belong they were introduced into north america by some dicks who decided they wanted to bring shakespearean magic to north america and they introduced a flock of starlings um starlings are very uh aggressive eaters and they are very destructive uh murmurations mm. of starlings have been known to destroy farmers crops like a huge oh, farmer sure. crop in like 15 minutes wow Crazy. wheat fields stuff like that um they're invasive species here they don't really have any natural predators a lot of birds don't know how to deal with them they're aggressive they're assholes fuck them they should die okay. and go back to europe <laughs> All right, that's where they're from, and they should stop. Bird racist at the end here. (laughs) I, I, you know, I was like, wow, but no, I mean, coming hard. (laughs) 
Like <laughs> nature has balance and all these yeah, invasive sure. species, it upsets the balance. And like they don't know what else to do. Birds don't yeah, have the birds don't have the like the brain ability that we have to like adapt and thrive. Adaptation happens over many, 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 many years. Yeah. And if they can't figure that out, they just go extinct. Right. You know? Yeah. You mentioned murmurations. That got me thinking. I've always found it there's a, a like kind of a cool parallel I've always found between bird murmuration and a mosh pit. Yeah. Where like can you describe like do you can you explain what a murmuration is? Because I think I have a basic idea, but you seem like you have a bit more bird knowledge than I do. Just a little, like, so, a little more. So, like, mur murmurations of starlings in particular is just, like, a large group of starlings flying right. around. And it's really interesting. I don't know why they fly in the sort of shapes that they do, but they make, like, almost gelatinous globby kind of, like, patterns as they're flying yeah. around. Um, yeah, but the crazy thing is they never—they don't touch each other. That's it. Like, they don't touch each other. They're aware of where all the yeah. other bodies are, and they move in tandem. Like they have this awareness of the space that they're in. Yeah, I always felt that was the same in a mosh pit. Where, yeah, like they're—they're they're, this sort of sixth sense does take over when you're in there, and you're no longer just you. You're part of this yeah. sort of like sea of bodies. Yeah. That, and it's like you can you're like oh someone's coming and then oh there's the body surfer and you move him across yeah you know? there's yeah. kind of a magic to it it feels kind of similar yeah never thought there's of another that. parallel between yeah, i never thought birds. of that they're 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 Murmur, everywhere man. murmurs in the pit yeah there you go there you go i want to hear that one <laughs> yeah i want a song credit <laughs> okay email me your so can <laughs> that's awesome oh. well julian it's been fun man this is, i'm glad we got to get you on here yeah this has been great I had a great yeah. time. Do you have anybody to shout out or any uh, messages you want to give to the people? Before hey, yeah, I'm going to put you full screen real quick so everybody can see the majesty of your background while you're uh, pitching your stuff. So, All right. Tell us what you got coming up. Hi. So my band is called Avum. We sing songs about birds and human experiences as told through the perspective of birds. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Facebook or Instagram.com slash Avum dot the band. Uh, we're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash at sign Avum. Uh, you can also find us any streaming platform available. Our newest EP titled Nerdin' About Burden has four epic songs about birds. It clocks in at about eight minutes. So not going to take a lot of time out of your day. Give us a listen. <laughs> um, next up for us, we've got a couple shows in Eastern Ontario and Quebec. Ottawa, Van Cleek Hill, Montreal, with the lovely Audio Visceral. And then if there's anyone listening from across the pond, in July we will be playing Punk Rock Reduno in Bergamo, Italy. So fuck yeah, Look, can't wait to play the coolest sounding punk rock festival I've ever heard of, ever. And yeah. Ooh, very nice. That's cool, man. Going all the way to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah, going to be super cool. 
I mean, even if even if you just play like the worst show of your life, you did it in Italy. So who gives a fuck? It's still the best. Oh, yeah, dude. Look up punk rock Raduno if you haven't heard of punk rock Raduno before. It sounds like it sounds like everybody's dream of a punk rock festival. All ages, okay. free, no assholes, no racists, no uh, transphobes, no homophobes. All fun, all amazing. It's like a family. I'm so grateful that we get to go and not only just like participate in the festival, yeah. but also like play a set. Right. So grateful. It's like punk rock Burning Man almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's cool. And you're playing uh, Eastern Ontario and Quebec, you said. So whereabouts in Eastern yeah. Ontario? Yeah. So we're playing Ottawa and Van Cleek Hill uh, in June, okay. and then Montreal, cool. the one weekend, awesome. and then. Uh, the following weekend, we're playing Guelph and Hamilton. Woo. Awesome. Uh, we are also playing Guelph and Hamilton and Ottawa and London and Sudbury in our tour in June. Uh, nice. So uh, maybe we'll cross paths. Yeah. Be fucking cool. Yeah. Be super nice. Fun. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you, Julian. And uh, I, I am genuinely a fan of avum i have been since i've started listening to you guys but i i like appreciate your shit so much more now because it's a real place yeah you know you're not joking about shit like this is punk rock hell yeah the beat on while we're while we're performing kind of you know right no it's it all comes from a real place it's mm-hmm. not just, oh, I'm going to sing about that bird. I mean, maybe I will, because that's a cool bird. But, like, <laughs> right. maybe that bird has something that it does in its life that's, like, something that other people have to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. You decide. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. They decide. Well, I just, I just get to tell the story, right? right. I just yeah. need to I discover the story and tell it. Of course. Yeah. I tell it you do. <laughs> <Thanks again. laughs> yeah thank you guys and ben it's a, always a pleasure good to be back on i got team. you man and uh thanks for listening hey you made it through an entire episode good for you if you're looking for more give the rest of the channel a look and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll catch you fuckers next time later <laughs> <laughs>